0: My name's Emma, if I haven't met you before, and I'll be reading the Bible for us this afternoon. Uh, Turn to page seven on your zines if you'd like to read along with me. I'll be reading from Ezekiel chapter 34, verses one to 16. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord, the sovereign Lord says, Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed those who are ill or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the loss. You have ruled them harshly and brutally, so they were scattered because there was no shepherd and when they were all scattered they became food for all the wild animals my sheep wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill they were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them therefore you shepherds hear the word of the lord as surely as i live declares the sovereign lord because my flock lacks a shepherd And so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove from them tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will be no longer food for them. This is, what, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he's with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nation and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravens and all the settlements of the land. And I will tend them in a good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and make them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong, I will destroy. I will shepherd the flocks with justice. Now from John chapter 10 verses one to 18 and verses 27 and 28. Very truly I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the, she- and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this as a figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever's en- whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but, as I, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. This command I received from my father. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish no one no one will snatch them out of my hand. This is the word of the Lord
1: Good afternoon, everyone. My name's Craig, and i 'm going to be leading us uh, as we think through this passage from the Bible that Emma read for us this afternoon. Uh, we do believe here uh, at Churchill that Um, Not only uh, is God real, but that he uh, speaks to us through his word. Uh, He teaches us through his spirit as we reflect on it. So I'm just going to, I'm going to pray a short prayer now as we begin to reflect on John 10, that God may uh, bring the word that we need to hear to each one of us today. So let me pray. Our dear Lord and loving Heavenly Father. As we reflect this afternoon on your Word, Lord, we pray, I pray, that your Spirit may be at work amongst us, leading each of our minds and our hearts towards you and hearing the words you want us to hear. We ask for this in the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, The Verbs of Discipleship, Uh, this is our current series here at church. Uh, A verb is a word that conveys an action or an occurrence or a state of being. And I like that. Uh, We all know that a verb is a doing word, but it can also refer to a state of being. The verbs of discipleship. Being and doing. The two seem kind of dovetailed. And my guess it's a two-way interaction. Uh, My sense of self will drive my actions, but perhaps my actions also shape my sense of self, who I am. We meet each week as a community of people seeking to know and follow Jesus as our Lord and our Saviour. We are an alternate community within Secular Sydney. And as we continue to learn the way of Jesus, which is another way of describing the word discipleship, as we learn the way of Jesus, we must be reminded that it is both thought and action, or the word that is used in John's gospel, the way of Jesus is life. Rowan introduced us to this word last week. And today, John takes us there again, recording Jesus' bold claim that he has come to give those who follow him life to the full. We've already explored the verbs to drink and to eat, and today we're exploring this verb to hear. I wonder, therefore, uh, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? At some point between your birth and this current moment sitting here, there have been voices that you have listened to. Voices that have formed for you a sense of self. Voices that have formed your sense of place in this world. And more often than not, the most influential voices are ones that we don't even recognise having a significant impact on us. Uh, We might might just say it was the way we were raised or the cultural atmosphere in which we live or the assumed views of our social groups or our friends. Uh, You and I are not islands. Our sense of self, uh, the understanding that we hold of what our place is in this world has been shaped by the voices We have listened to and this isn't a bad thing this is what it is to be human uh, to be social creatures to learn the way of jesus uh, to enter the ongoing journey of christian discipleship involves being led by a new voice it involves hearing and following the voice of jesus above and beyond the many other voices that surround us And so, this afternoon, we find ourselves in John chapter 10. Sheep, shepherd, life to the full. So let's have a look at this part of the Bible and seek to understand the imagery Jesus is using in a way that his first century hearers would have made sense of it and understood it. Now, from my very limited research, it appears that around the first century, it was common for shepherds to use a common sheep pen in the evening. Uh, it was a walled enclosure, had a simple roof, and during the, night a gu- uh, during the night a guard would be hired to ensure the sheep aren't attacked or stolen by wolves or other people. In the morning, each shepherd comes and calls his sheep out of the pen since there were the sheep of multiple shepherds in one pen. And this was pretty common first century practice. Now, in speaking of himself and those who follow him, Jesus says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. An image of discipleship. Jesus calls us by name, goes on ahead of us, and we follow, listening for his voice to guide us. And this sounds good. Direction, safety, uh, what could go wrong? Well, there are thieves and robbers in this story as well. The other connection the original hearers would have made with this shepherd language was with the words of many of the Old Testament prophets. Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah. Ezekiel used the image of shepherds as a designation for the leaders of God's people. Unfortunately, as we heard in our first reading today, uh, it was usually used in the context of judgment upon Israel's leaders, who were often corrupt, greedy, and far from God. They were terrible shepherds of God's people, you could say. And so it is in chapter 10 Jesus provides a comparison between the good shepherd and the thieves and robbers that are circling the pen. Now to know who Jesus is actually referring to as these thieves and robbers, you only need to turn back in your Bible one page to chapter 9. To the event that is recorded for us there. Now chapter 9 if you go have a read, it's it's sort of part comic, part tragic. Uh, in its description of the Pharisees. In chapter nine, a man who is born blind is actually healed by Jesus. And the religious leaders bring him in for questioning, asking if he really was previously blind and how he actually gained his sight. And what follows in that chapter can best be aligned as sort of a episode of Faulty Towers for anyone who knows that show, with multiple confusing conversations going back and forth. The Pharisees refused to believe Jesus had anything to do with this healing. And importantly for us, they conclude by saying, we listen to Moses, we do not listen to Jesus. Or in their words, we're disciples of Moses, we know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this guy, we don't even know who he is. We're then told that because of the healed man's honest testimony about Jesus the Pharisees put him out of the synagogue. Now, this is no small thing. In a very religious culture, to be excommunicated has serious social and economic implications. Uh, He is now an outcast. Uh, He's been effectively cancelled by the religious leaders. In this very next chapter, referring to this event, Jesus said, the thieves come only to kill and destroy, and the hired hand cares not for the sheep. So how do we understand John chapter 10 in its context? Well, the truth is, as we begin, this chapter is not directly about you or me. Uh, It's actually about Jesus coming to the nation of Israel and calling Israel to follow him as their true Messiah or, or king. Um, but many don't follow him, and in fact, the very leaders who should celebrate Jesus' arrival are the ones who find every possible reason to ignore his voice and use the people of Israel for personal gain. So it's the religious leaders of the day who are the thieves and robbers in John 10. But you and I are in one verse of this chapter. We find find ourselves in verse 16. Glorious verse 16. Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold, Israel. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. There you are. There I am. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. And they too will listen to my voice. Uh, The verbs of discipleship. We all know that a verb is a doing word. But it can also refer to a state of being. Being and doing. The two seem dovetailed. And so let's consider Jesus' words here in our context today in that sense of being and doing. So let's start with my being, my sense of self. Who am I in the context of John chapter 10? Well, here, Jesus is pretty straight in this image. Jesus tells me that I'm a sheep. Now, look, I've been a Christian a long time and I've heard this passage preached on a lot. And everyone always laughs at how insulting this label is to be aligned with a sheep. But I've actually never found it insulting. I think from the first time as a 12-year-old that I put up a poster of the Australian rugby player Phil Kearns on my wall, uh, to the season I had at Bible College where I was listening to the American preacher John Piper to get tips on preaching, to write this very week when I'm asking parents whom I respect to help me understand what it looks like to be a good parent, um, I need other voices. And I'm sure you do too. In a world that is both beautiful and messy, I am looking for someone to follow. I want some guidance on the path through life. And within this context, the sheep metaphor sits pretty well with me. But amidst all this, there's also the sense that in the complexity of life, I'm only one sheep. That is, I'm also frustratingly unknown. Everyone knows a part of me, but nobody knows all of me, and even I can be a mystery to myself sometimes. Who am I? Who are we? We are the sheep. But let's stay with this concept of being. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Good Shepherd who calls me by name. He is the one who knows me completely. Uh, He is the one who actually knows you completely. And here's the rub. You are fully known by the shepherd, and he loves you. He loves you in all your mess. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Who am I? I'm the sheep looking for direction. I'm listening for voices. I'm known fully by Christ. And I'm loved. Who is Jesus? He is the Good Shepherd. Now, what do I do? Being and doing. What do I do? I listen to the Good Shepherd. I listen to the good shepherd and to listen means to hear his voice and follow his lead it's not just leading uh listening it's also following his lead and i wonder what the balance is in your life between listening to jesus words and actually following them i guess the first one is easier than the second But discipleship calls us to do both. To learn the way of Jesus is a lifelong journey of trust and transformation. Or to put it this way, Jesus doesn't call us out of the sheep pen and then leave us to wander around for 60 years until we die. No, he calls you by name in order to lead you through this life All of this life, through our working life, through our single life, through our married life, through our parenting life, through our retirement, even into and through our death. To learn the way of Jesus is to listen to his voice and follow his lead in every stage of life. And I wonder, what are you hearing from God's word in this season of your life? What would it look like to to listen and act, really act upon it? The Good Shepherd has much to say as we follow him. And so here are some examples of his word, the Good Shepherd, who leads in front of us. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Father, forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. You, speaking to those who will follow him, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a bowl. When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. These are all words from the Son of God who knows you by name, who loves you more than you can imagine, and invites you to follow him. What's the result? of all this listening and following. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Perhaps as we heard last week, uh, life to the full Is not actually, as our culture often tries to convince us, simply the life with the most options. When you're a sheep out in the open, what you don't need is endless options and zero commitment. What you need, in fact, is the opposite you need one voice and you need a commitment to follow a good shepherd. Because he knows the way, Jesus is capable of both defining and leading us into real or full life. The question then for you and I becomes, do you trust him? Do you trust him? A real question. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You know, the epilogue to the story in chapter nine, after he had heard the Pharisees had thrown the man out of the synagogue, Jesus actually searches for and finds him somewhere in the town. "'Do you believe in the Son of Man?' Jesus asked. "Uh, "'Who is he, sir?' the man asked. "'Tell me, so that I may believe in him.' And Jesus said, "'You have now seen him. "'In fact, he's the one speaking with you.' And the man replied, "'Lord, I believe.' And John told us he worshipped Jesus. "'If you are here today,' I take it there is a good chance that Jesus has searched for you, found you, and called you by name, or he is calling you right now. What will it look like for you to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd, to allow yourself to be known, to be loved? and to follow his voice. I might pray and ask God to reveal to us what that means for each one of us. So let me pray to him now. Our dear Lord and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, we thank you that in a world that is often messy and confusing with highs, with lows, our uh, Lord, we thank you that indeed there is a voice that we may listen to and follow that will lead us to life. Lord, we reflect on the fact that you know each one of us in utter completeness and that is a confronting and scary thought And Lord, we reflect upon the reality that knowing us in completeness, you deeply love us. Lord, I pray that you may give us insight to know what it means to listen and trust and follow your voice in whatever season we find ourselves in. And we ask this in his name, Jesus. Amen.